Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. I was going to ask, uh, when did you sort of realise that uh, that cricket was going to be the, the main sport that you were going to play? It sounds like the height was probably the deciding factor. Yeah, it probably was. I wasn't that good at footy either, so um, I wasn't that good at tennis. So I was sort of just a decent at all of them. And then, yeah, cricket was sort of the one that I sort of excelled at a bit at a, bit at a younger age. So um, I was just happy to go through that, um, that path, and I sort of loved it. I sort of fell in love with the game after 2005 Ashes. I sort of fell in love with cricket after watching that, staying up every night yep. watching that. I just yep. felt that's what I want to do. Um, yeah, that's, you know, be able to represent your country would be a pretty amazing thing. So um, I was just, yeah, sort of got hooked on, hooked on cricket from there on. And, yeah, everything else sort of just sort of took a back step after that. And Weathers, when, uh, so when did you move down to South Australia? Um, I was 15 when I moved down. I went to Prince Albert College. Yes, so I was going to bring um, that up. Uh, on the back of, um, yeah, probably just more opportunities for education, um, education system. Um, while it can be good, it probably I probably needed to, um, you know, probably need to sort myself out. It wasn't the best when it came to academics, so my parents sort of sent me down south, thankfully. My mum was a pretty big driver for that. She sort of said, oh, well, um, you need to go sort yourself out. So um, I moved down when I was 15 to boarding school, and then, um, yeah, then sort of it sort of helped me probably pursue other avenues of, um, obviously, sport, academics, and all that sort of stuff. So it was a great move, really. And did you just play for the school at that stage, or were you involved with the club? Um, I was involved um, loosely with Sturt through my uncle um, Nick um, and Tim, obviously playing at Sturt. So I sort of just, um, I sort of, I was associated by name, really. Um, and then once I'd finished private school, because uh, you had to play, obviously, play for your school until you were 16, 17. So once I was done there, I'd go and play. Um, great cricket to Sturt, so that was sort of um, sort of quite nice to go and have a bit of both play of men's and um, men's and um, kids cricket. So it was good. And because you opened at Prince's with Kelvin Smith, generally wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so we had a pretty good, um, pretty strong side. It's safe to say we didn't lose many games. Um, yeah, was Ope's so was playing good, uh, then? I'm trying to think. Was Elliot yeah, was, that, play- was Elliot Opie playing then, or is he a bit after that? Just trying to remember. He was a bit after me. Yeah. He was a bit before me, sorry. Right. I was just trying to get my years right. Yeah. Yeah. So Tommy Andrews as well in our team. Yeah. Um, so we had, yeah, we had quite a strong side. Right. So um, we're quite lucky. And then at, at Sturt, uh, Sturt, and then you decided to go to uni, which Mick took brilliantly, didn't he? He, he, he didn't mind that yeah. at all. Like he, uh, he, how long was it before he spoke to you again, again with us? Uh, yeah. uh, no, it was a couple of days, but he was all right. He was fine. Um, yeah, he was really good with it all, really. I just tear him probably, up. I probably hit on, I probably hit of, hit on his own um, himself, but it was obviously nothing personal against him. Yeah. So I just sort of, yeah. uh, but he took it really well. He didn't take it well at the start, but he, yes. uh, he was awesome. He was very accepting yeah. of the fact that it was my own journey. So he was great with that, and he was ever since then he'd been super supportive and. He's always just been in my corner ever since. So yep. I'm like very grateful for him. Um, he's probably been, he's probably out of all my um, family members. He was probably the one person that probably actually spent a lot of time actually training with me. Like my dad, while he didn't, while he liked cricket, never really, you know, wasn't going to spend hours trying balls for me. Where Mick was always keen to do that stuff. So um, I owe him a lot for that. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. 
South Australian's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete, and today I'm uh, joined by a special guest presenter in Phil Fechner. Mate, welcome aboard. Thanks, Pete. A um, bit nervous, uh, sweaty palms here today, <laughs> mate. I did a bit of a podcast in uh, Gaul myself, but uh, this is... a. Uh, Elaborate setup here we've got. So. We, we have uh, Malcolm uh, on the sick list today, uh, just recovering, I, uh, I think, from a, a little bit of an illness, but uh, hope to have him back on board and wishing him the best at the moment. But welcome aboard, yeah. Phil, and um, looking forward to hearing your comments. I know you're a mad Port fan. <laughs> uh, you can give us the port, port perspective when we get to the AFL, mate. Will do, yes. Um, yeah, footy umpire for about 30 years, so I'll quickly run through. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Um, obviously umpired uh, tennis for 30 years. Yep. Um, stupid, isn't it? Umpiring. <laughs> <laughs> mate, what is it about these podcasts, uh, all these umpires, Malcolm, oh, being an umpire yourself, yeah. being an umpire as well? So, yeah, uh, up in the Barossa, so um, enjoyed all that. Um, played footy before that for oh, probably 20 years as well. Makes me pretty old, doesn't it, Pete? So mate, you've got uh, less hair than what I've got, <laughs> mate. Thanks for joining us today, thanks, and uh, we thank Jake Weatherald for for his interview. We did pre-record that with Malcolm uh, about a week or so ago, um, and part two is coming up a little bit later. So looking forward to that as yeah. well. No, oh, sorry to lose him uh, to Tassie this year. He's an Australian cap in the making, I believe. So absolutely. Um, anyway, around the grounds. All right, Phil, uh, part of our Around the Grounds today, we're going to talk a little bit about the basketball, the SNFL. We're going to talk Norwood. I know you being Norwood. a port man, it's probably the wrong week to bring you on, but that's all right. Um, and the soccer. But to kick us off today, we're going to talk about the AFL. Uh, we'll kick off with Adelaide. Lukey Pedler signing a two-year contract extension. What do you think, mate? Well, they've got to keep them. I mean, they lose too many, don't they? Um, let's face it. Um, they all want to go home or whatever, whatever reason. Yep. Um I mean, you've got to keep guys like that, don't took, you? Took a step this year, obviously, yeah. uh, getting a bit more game time. Done his uh, time, I suppose, in the in the Magoos, the re- reserves or the SNFL. Um, certainly one player to look out for that is going to take that next step, I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, yep. And, you know, doesn't mind a bit of a sausage roll as well. And yeah. uh, and that's a good player to have about for an additional two years. So. Yeah, they've got to keep him because um, you look at uh, the other sides going around in the AFL and they've... There's some quality players that the Crows have lost. That's they, right. Pete? So. Yeah, you you, uh, you put together the uh, Crows and also some other teams, their best 22 oh. of who they've lost, and you just scratch your head going, oh. these guys would have won f- three, four, five premierships oh. at, by that stage. <laughs> I don't want to even say that, Pete. No. Yeah, I agree with you. They would have, yeah. Uh, mate, we move on to Port Adelaide, probably your area of expertise, but yeah. Connor Rosie named captain and an eight-year extension, probably the right week to bring you on. What do you think, mate? Very happy, very happy. I think it's a good appointment. Um, hopefully it doesn't, uh, I reckon it affected uh, Ollie a little bit when yep. he was captain. But let's, uh, Connor's pretty mature for his age, 23. Yep. Um, very happy with Butters as his uh, deputy. Yep. They're like brothers. Yes. Um, so I'm very happy and I'm very happy with the recruits we've got. Um, yeah, couldn't. really looking forward to this season. Um, it's a make or break. Absolutely. Um, and And... Knowing, listening to your podcast a little bit with uh, with Rick Rick Drew yep. there, uh, he's not a not a fan of uh, Kenny Hinckley. No, no. Um, how do you see that playing out over the next twelve months? I've got to admit, I've sort of got a soft spot for Kenny. Okay, um, we won't tell Rick this. No, no, don't listen to this Rick either. <laughs> um, I just think he's a real people's person. Yep. Um, Perhaps he does play his mates every now and then. I think there's a few weeks there that perhaps he could have got dropped for, yes. you know, he's had a few bad weeks, but they stay in. Yes. Um, but I just like his attitude, and I think he's a real uh, Connor. It looks like Connor and Butt, Butters just absolutely love him. So yep. what can you do? Yep. He hasn't had the success that he should have, mm-hmm. probably, with the team he's had. Yep. Um, but let's surge on this year and see how we go. They've recruited, obviously, for needs. We 
talk about a little bit on on previous episodes that you know the the back line with Alira Lear and Radagalia may yep. complement each other, but they also might get in the way yeah. of each other a little bit. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see how yeah. that plays out. Look, it will. Um, but we needed another big back, yep. another big uh, strong back, and uh, Radagalia is the man. Um, Rux was our problem. Yep. Scotty was uh, he was cooked. just about he was done. Yep. He was done. He, as we know, he's at Port Districts. Yep. They're wrapped. And um, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we needed somebody that could get up and about. Scotty couldn't jump anymore, and he was fantastic for us. And he wore his heart on his sleeve, basically peed every yep. week. And uh, but yeah, he was done. So um, and yeah. where do you see Ollie fitting in? Obviously, didn't get as much midfield time this season. Well, sort of paid the price for it a little bit, but yeah. seems a bit refreshed and renewed that maybe he'll spend a bit more yeah. time this year. Yep, I think he will. I think he'll be in and out the midfield and probably on that half half forward line. Um, his kicking, I mean, his goal kicking is not his, his strong point. But, yep. um, yeah, I, look, I still see him in our best, you know, 21, basically, 22, whatever it is now. Um, yeah, I can't see him not making it, put it that way. And probably the last question for me is Bokey. Uh, you know, he's like a fine wine. Has been getting better with age, but this year do we see him being a bit more the pinch hitter? I think he will be. I, I Unfortunately, I reckon he's gone to that little bit more one pace. Um, yeah. He had that, you know, he could break away. He's more that one pace, and I think he's in his, definitely in his last year this year yep. uh, it'll be. And uh, I hope so. He gets a you know decent run and... Um, yeah, so yeah. I suppose with the sub rule, exactly uh, you right. know, could be that pinch hitting player that, that they need. That mentor could yep. could work very very well yep. for Port Adelaide, and vice versa for the Crows. Uh, Rory Sloan might be that kind of role as well. Uh, you know, the man for all occasions comes in when they need him. Yep, plays him as the uh, the sub. Um, could work very very well yeah. for both Adelaide teams. Exactly right. They're probably in the same boat, aren't they? Then yep. probably in their last year, and uh, yeah, I mean that's. You keep him on the list. I think Travis has been a fantastic stalwart of the club. Could have gone back to Geelong many yes. years ago, but yep. um, hung in and, oh, he's been fantastic, you know, let's face it. So. All right, mate, we'll stick with the uh, AFL still. The number one pick in Harley Reid there puts a bit of a scare through the West yeah. Coast camp yeah. with a potential injury during their uh, their pre-season training. Unbelievable. It's not what you want to be seeing as a West Coast person, <laughs> do you? No, not with their... I mean, look, they've still got a good side, Pete. I, yep. I just can't see why. Um, like McGovern's really struggled, and Herney was struggling last year, now retired. So, um, and losing Kennedy. I mean, Kennedy was, you know, he's probably one of the all-time, you know. Yep. Um, so, look, they've still got a good list. So, yeah, you don't want that. Another one draft, but you finally got him. And Yeah, they, they made a hullabaloo about oh. it and... You know, we're not going to trade anything else. We're going to get our number one man, yeah. and they get him. And a uh, couple of weeks into preseason, yeah, a potential injury. But I've since read that it's not as serious as what yeah, it was yeah. reported. But yeah, you don't want to see good players Pretty going sad. off the track. So, yep, yep. and to finish us off on the AFL, uh, the AFL urged to make changes after the Shane Tuck death, um, and amongst some legal challenges. Mm. Um, you know, sort of no competitive training. There's no chucking the. Um, after a bad loss, chucking the mouth guards in the uh, the kit bag and out on the track that week and going full bore, not going to happen anymore. It's a funny point, isn't it, Pete? I mean, you take on footy and there's always going to be head knocks. And, um, you know, I don't know where they've got to go with this, but perhaps you've got to sign a legal document saying, yep. that, you know... Um, you take the responsibility. Yeah, you've got to have independent doctors. There's no doubt about that. Port showed that last year with bringing on Leah Leah and... And that when they hit heads, and uh, they got a big fine for it. So, independent doctors is one way, but I don't know. Life after footy, I mean, you play footy knowing it's a contact sport. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. It's a funny old. It's going to be an interesting couple of years. Obviously, this report's only just come out, but you know, previous on our on our podcast, we had Sean Tasker uh, talk about Neuroflex, uh, how they're getting around all the clubs, taking baseline recordings, I suppose, and using that. Um, to try and mitigate some circumstances as far as not putting players back on the ground or not playing them the week after or two weeks after the the initial concussion and so on and so on. We're becoming a very litigious society. It's going to go that way Mm. a little bit. Um, You're right, maybe it is a point that contracts are going to be signed with the intent that 
there's going to be no recourse or, or very little recourse. But also I think there's going to be a player's fund that is going to come out of this mm. that will be put to some of um, you know these players' medical problems at a later stage in life and that's where it's heading. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. I mean, um, Tucky, you know, that's just the absolute worst thing. I mean, you look Danny Frawley. Yes, that was what know, I was going to say um, as well. So it's just shocking. But, um, well, I don't know. Yep. It's a legal thing and yep. whatever happens. We can so. only make comment on the information exactly right. we've got at the time. Yep. And, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. All right, mate, we move on to cricket. Uh, the first test started in Perth and uh, Nathan Lyon uh, back in the team eyeing off of a personal record for himself. Well, you've got to play him, let's uh, face it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the old, uh, what was he? Uh, he was cutting the grass at Adelaide Oval or something. That's Correct, when they recruited across. him. Yeah, and played a few games for South Australia and a few good games and away we go. But, I mean, you've got to play him. He, he's just a fantastic bowler, you know. And, uh, you know, the other guys are coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if he's available, available you play him. you're playing him. Australia currently uh, in the first innings, uh, all out for 487. Uh, David Warner, top scoring there with 164. What do you say? Well, that was <laughs> going to be my next point is it's Warner's swan, swan song this uh, test series. What are yeah. your thoughts on that, whether he should have been given it or not given it? Because it has divided opinions. Oh, absolutely. Um, probably before he made his 160 yes. odds, probably the other way. Yes. Um, you know, you can't really call when you want to retire. Yes. Um, but let's face it, I mean, he has been very, very good. And, uh, you know, 164, um, and in just about record time, you know, he doesn't muck around out no. there, does he? No, he doesn't. You know, and so, Got it. yeah, I think it's a, a good gesture for the yep. Australian cricket to do that now. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, uh, he top scored in the first innings. Most players got off to a reasonable start. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Marsh, obviously, with 90 there. Um, and then running out of players towards the end there. And then Pakistan currently, as we speak, uh, two for 132. We are recording a touch later than we normally would. So yep. some of this was uh, pre-planned before the test, but now we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. And um, Amir Jamal, obviously, the pick of uh, Pakistan's bowlers there with six for 111 off of 20.2 overs, yeah. reasonably economical. Yeah, absolutely. It sort of looks, you know, for 100 and so odd, but he's bowled a lot of overs there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, did. I wasn't that unimpressed with their bowling. It's no, really, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't as bad as we yeah. sort of were led to believe. But yeah. uh, obviously, Australia uh, looking to get off to a good start on day two. Um, maybe get them out reasonably cheaply and then bat for a little bit of time, set a big score and then bowl them out again. But we'll yeah, see how we go with that. A couple early wickets and make it make the uh, win and loss, you know. Yep. Otherwise it could be a draw. Absolutely. You know, they'll bat all day. Absolutely. All right, mate. We'll talk about the pitch. BBL pitch debacle down in Geelong. Oh. What was going on there? <laughs> I started watching and I sort of thought, what's going on here? You yep. know, it was bouncing everywhere and slow and going through I, and I didn't realise it was a wet pitch. I yep. came in after they'd done yes. all of the... Yes, I was the same. Yeah, it leaked underneath or something and, yeah, you can't play on that. I mean, someone can get killed, you know, um, hitting the head or... Yes. Yeah. It, oh. it almost reminded me of the old backyard cricket days yeah. where, you know, it hits a hits a pebble and, yeah. and goes at right angles. Exactly uh, you right. were sort of just it scratching was... your head and I think the players were a bit that way before the, the, the first ball was bowled so and then a couple of over, yes. couple of overs yeah, in they realised right. that it just wasn't going to happen yep. Yep. and uh, pulled the pin and a bit unfortunate because I think that was the only game being played during the BBL down in uh, Geelong. Oh, so, okay. you know, a lot of people yep. would have gone to that game, you know, knowing that it was their one Absolutely. game down there and it was cancelled. So yeah. crazy, crazy. And then uh, just to finish off on cricket, Alyssa Healy unveiled as Australian skipper to usher in a new era for women's cricket. Probably obvious choice. Yeah. Obvious choice. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, they'll go on. I mean, they're absolutely killing it, aren't they, Australian? So, Countries are catching up to them a yeah. little bit. Um, obviously, India, England have always yeah. been around the mark, but you know, a couple of other countries are starting to make their mark as well. But uh, it is a bit of a new era for Australian women's cricket, and there's certainly a lot of good players out there. Absolutely. And we saw that with the uh, Strikers BBL winning team. Yeah. Um, that back there are, back. yeah, back yep. to back, that, uh, yep. that there are a few good players that deserve an opportunity. Absolutely. 
All right, mate, we're going to talk AFLW. Daisy Pierce announced head coach at West Coast. Well, you can't argue with her record either, Pete, can you? <laughs> no. I mean, you know. Um, Second to none. Yeah, exactly. I mean, AFLW hasn't been around long, but uh, as good as they are, Daisy's it, isn't it? So, um, and West Coast have been struggling, haven't they? Sort of. Yep. Um, New team, yeah. you know, in the last couple of years coming yeah. into the AFLW. Yep. yep. So she's probably just what they need, that sort of, um, you know, a bit more focal point, you know, yep. high profile. Spent so. some time, obviously, with Melbourne, mm. uh, I think, in their coaching box, but then I think was with Geelong this year yes. in their male yep. program. Um, so certainly doing her apprenticeship. Here's a bit of a left-field question. Could she be the first AFL men's coach <laughs> to be coached by a women women player? Well. Could could they, it could she be the one? Yeah, I suppose if anybody is, she yeah. She'll be it. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. It's a bit of a left field question. There's probably not too many other AFLW coaches. No, see, Aaron Phillips well, is in the port box. That um, that was probably my next question. Is that is Aaron right behind her? In probably is. Yeah, probably is. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what she does this year. Um, I'm not sure how much impact they'd have in a in a male. Yep. Box. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fair call. Sure. I mean, it's it's one of those ones that I could see her being maybe in a senior assistant coach. Yeah, but I think we're a long way off of maybe it so. being an AFL coach. I'd, I'd but, probably hope so. <laughs> but clubs are looking for different ways yep. to do things. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an mm, interesting conundrum that we're going to throw up and throw out there, I'd even love, to our listeners. I would love to be in the box just to see what Aaron puts in, brings to it, it yeah. brings to it, yeah. Um, don't know. Perhaps she does. But uh, anyway, time will tell. It's an it? alternative point it of is. view. And, you know, yes, she's played at the highest level for AFLW. Yep. Um, you look at someone like Brendan Bolton, who uh, Neil Craig talks glowingly about, mm. uh, who was on our podcast yep. previously, uh, talks glowingly about he'd have him as a senior coach, you know, tomorrow, given the opportunity. Yep. And he never really played at that highest level. Oh. But sees things... Uh, you know, slightly differently, and I think this is where we're, where teams and clubs are looking for that mm. advantage is that they can offer a different point of view. Yeah, I believe you don't have to have played AFL to coach AFL. Yep. Um, it's all in the mindset and what sort of game plans and... Highly highly organised people. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah, so... All right. Interesting. Ebony Marinoff, crowned Crows club champion, but the uh, Crows re-signed Maddie Clark and uh, the captain, uh, Chelsea Randall. Oh, yeah. Or, sorry, she's retired from being the captain. Yeah, she has. Marinoff, I mean, one of the players that I can actually watch, you know, um, fantastic. You know, I'm not a big women's footy fan, I've got to admit, Pete, and yep. I'll admit it on here, but um, the Crows are, are one team that you can watch. And... Um, Clarky, I think he's as good as there is in there in the AFL women. So uh, as a coach, so he seems to do the things right and yep. gets the girls on. Yeah, they, they play a good brand of footy. Absolutely, the Crows do play an exciting, or the AFL yeah. Crows W play an exciting brand. They are or have been a bit of a step ahead, and you're yep, right, Maddie Clark uh, has probably been integral to that yeah. as well. Um, but teams are catching up uh, the more that they're in the competition as well. So. Uh, good to see Ebony Marinoff. We've talked about her yep. previously. Malcolm and I are going great player. Probably burns the ball a little bit too much, mm. but she's sort of coming from that sea ball, get ball, get meterage. Uh, her next evolution, I think, is now delivery and being a little bit more precise. There's a lot in that category, though, isn't there? There I is. I mean, um, that's probably the thing that turns me off is their, their ball skills. is, And that's only going to improve. Yep. You know, you've got little kids playing footy now, little girls playing yes. footy now. So they didn't have that, you know, they might have kicked the ball in the backyard with a big brother. But, yep. Um, the pathways that, are yeah, a little more clear. Yeah, getting coached. And, yep. yeah, it's going to get better and better as Absolutely. we go. And to finish off on the AFLW, yep. mate, Bailey Hunt uh, claimed a major honour at the Western Bulldogs, the Best and Fairest Award, despite being delisted by the club two weeks earlier. Oh. I think there's some egg on the face of some of the, uh, <laughs> no. of the Western Bulldogs oh. uh, recruiters. Yeah, that's unbelievable, isn't it? That, I wonder if that's been done before. Mate. I don't think it has. <laughs> I know that uh, doing a little bit of research into some of these quirky little things, which we're going to talk about a little bit later yeah. on with the basketball, um, in that twelfth uh, twelfth man uh, or a substitute fielder actually got man of the match uh, for taking five or six wickets. Oh, so 
This is sort of in that category that you go, it sure is. hang on, uh, delisted and yet wins their best and fairest. Oh. I think there'd be some other clubs uh, sniffing around wow. for a player of that calibre. That is unreal. Absolutely. All right, mate, we're going to take a very, very quick break. We're going to come back with the basketball, the SNFL, the soccer, and Jake Weatherall part two. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, Phil, we'll keep going with basketball, mate. The Adelaide 36ers fall to a new low at the foot of the NBL, NBL table after a 101-116 to loss against the Cairns Taipans. Perhaps it's more than the coach, Pete. Potentially. Uh, my next point there was actually Scotty Ninnis has taken over an interim coach. Um, didn't make any difference. No. Um, and second time, Scotty's had a run at it a few years back. Yep. Um, perhaps I should have gone out of the the uh, you know, out of the style a bit. You know, got got somebody from somewhere else yep. and brought some new blood into the club. I don't know, but um, yeah, they're really struggling. Yeah. They uh, they still managed to get a full crowd though at the entertainment centre. So oh. whatever they're doing behind the scenes is working very well. But I've talked about it previously with Malcolm in that they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side. At the one minute they seem yeah. to be hot, and then the next minute they're completely cold and. Yeah, I hold hopes for them that they sell out a crowd that everyone wants the best for them, and yet we just can't quite get the job Agree. done. Agree. Oh, I can't wait. I've got to go and have a look at them. I haven't been to the new stadium since they're there. But, yep. um, yeah, I mean, it's crowds, certainly no problem. It's just the winning and consistency. Yep, absolutely. And obviously, yeah. some personnel changes along the way may have caused some of these yep. rifts. We don't absolutely. know what's happening behind the scenes. But, you know, we did talk about previously that. Um, you know, their trip or their schedule that they sort of brought up didn't need yeah. to be brought up. It was sort of should have been kept a bit in-house. And, you know, they get a chance to redeem themselves against Melbourne United, who are sitting top at the moment yeah, <laughs> on uh, today, later on today. Uh, good luck with that Is one. Is it at home? Uh, it's away. Away. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, good luck. All right, mate. Norwood, uh, each week we talk about each SNFL club in their comings and goings for the uh, – 2024 season. We just happened to be up to Norwood this week. <laughs> I did expect, or I did anticipate, Malcolm would be in here and he'd absolutely love talking about Norwood. You being a port man, <laughs> may, maybe not so much, but uh, the Cummings are uh, Mitch O'Neill from South Adelaide, Billy Cootie from uh, Essendon, uh, Ben Simpson from North Launceston, Jordan Boyle from West Adelaide, uh, Cooper Morley from, I think, returning from Collingwood, I believe. Um, and Alistair Lord and Jove Cooper. Um, high turnover of list. Uh, we've talked a bit off air about some turning over of players in some other sports and how it disrupts things and moves things around a little bit. Nord didn't quite have the, a good year last year because they did have a turnover of list. They're doing it again. Uh, very slow start, wasn't it, Pete? Yeah, and I, uh, I was surprised at that. Yeah, I was surprised at that. Um, you always get that turnover, don't you? Because uh, it's a big commitment, the SRNFL. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four or five days a week training yep. for not a lot much of return. Money, yeah. Yep. And obviously reserves. I see you've lost Pasco and, and Rollins. Well, they've gone to Golden Grove or wherever it is. Yep. And uh, they'd be on a few dollars there. Absolutely. So um, they're not going to play reserves footy for, I don't know, 100 bucks a game or yep. whatever it might be. I'm not too sure. Um, so they're just going to move on. So you're going to get that turnover, yep. aren't you? Yeah, and each club, as we've as we've talked about at the moment, have got five or six that they're turning over. Obviously, with the AFL still sort of deciding their last couple of list spots, there might be some players that will come into these clubs, obviously, that didn't get an opportunity at AFL level. Um, but at the moment, it looks like this is pretty much what most clubs are set with, and Good luck to Norwood for the uh, for the year and good luck to the SNFL clubs as well because well, I think things are going to change. Yeah, absolutely love the SNFL. I love watching it. Mm-hmm. Ever I get a chance to watch the SNFL on TV, I'll watch the SNFL before the AFL. Yep. I just love the, the you know the country like the grounds. Yes. So not the country grounds, but the, you know the suburban grounds. Yep. It's fantastic. What a great fo- and the umpiring's a lot better. I've got yep. to admit too, uh, Pete. While we're on that. Yeah. So. Well. You're the yeah. umpire specialist, you and Malcolm. It's a lot easier I will to take watch. your word from it. But yeah, I agree. It is a little bit easier to watch, and you're right. Uh, we've talked previously, 
in our conversations about some of the all-time classic suburban grounds, and I think Norwood's oh, one of the best oh, I love for Norwood. sure. Love it. Yep. Uh, we've got to do that this year, Pete. Yep. Port Norwood at Norwood at Oval. Norwood Oval. Love yep. it. Friday night. Great. Absolutely. And to finish us off on Around the Grounds today, mate, Adelaide United going down 2-0 to Brisbane Raw. Uh, obviously, they did play last night as well and going down 1-0 as well. So um, things are not looking as good for Adelaide United as they were at the start of the season. No, absolutely. Um, obviously, losing goodies been a big, big out. Um the club weren't sort of that disappointed, so I don't know whether there's a bit of in-house sort of uh, one-man, yep. you know, bigger than Texas. But anyway, good friends with um, Ryan Kiddo, so I've had a few words to him. And, uh, I mean, they're going along all right, but, yeah, again, a bit inconsistent yep. and probably losing to teams that they shouldn't lose to, losing at home. Again, usually a sell-out crowd. Yes. Um, the crowd isn't the problem. Um, probably... A one or two short, Yep, I would say, yep. um, good players. But, um, um, I mean, the coach is very renowned for playing local talent, so there is a little bit him. of that as well. Yeah, Carl Viet, obviously, very, very passionate about promoting young, young players, and Irukunda is probably the classic yep. example. Got his opportunity, took his opportunity, and now is on a mega million-dollar transfer deal to Bayern Munich. Mm. Um, you know, So there is that fine balancing act that the club needs to obviously do that, the coach wants to promote youth. Yep. They're probably one or two short. Yep. Um, Great. You know, Goodwin, like you said, Goodwin being there is probably key, but yep. he's not there. Step they need, up. They need, they yep. need someone to step yep. up, you're right. Absolutely. But right. Um, yeah, they'll roll on, all right, I think. And if they're playing youth like that, good luck. Have a year, you know, down a little bit further. Yeah. But Middle of the table, maybe, and, yep. and then. Springboard for the for absolutely. the for the future, and I think that's where Viet is yeah, a little bit like out as well. Him. I like him. Oh, I do. Coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Adelaide United playing the Newcastle Jets on next Friday, the twenty second at seven fifteen, and that one is at home. So, yeah. for all United United fans, get I'm down. Gonna try and uh, I usually see Ryan. He usually gets me a couple of tickets, so I might go down and watch that one. I haven't been for a, twelve months, so yep. um, be good to get down. Absolutely. All right, mate. We're going to take a very very quick break. When we come back. Um, we're going to talk with uh, Jake Weatherald Part 2. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Local Legends. I've got to be able to also be right mentally. And you're not always going to be right mentally, but... You know, there's a good opportunity to, if you can be consistent in what you're doing day to day, it's hard sometimes when you're playing cricket um, all the time and on the road and in front of people's eyes, you sort of, sometimes you lose the, the who you are as a person, which is um, makes it quite difficult sometimes. Well, there's, I reckon that's superb in terms of uh, incredible honesty. And two, and I think we all, we're all guilty of forgetting that your life is lived publicly. And the other thing too, with, as a first-class cricketer, you're travelling so much. Like that's yeah, yeah. it's really forgotten. Like, and you're a classic example at the moment. People wouldn't realise that Jake Weatherall's over in Perth at the moment because he's not playing in the game. They would think, well, we'd be back in Tasmania, etc. And people yeah, yeah, just yeah. don't realise. And then that pressure that does put on uh, relationship, you know, relationship-wise. And I, I think that's a really mature, fantastic, honest way of looking at it, uh, Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just want to, you know, you want to give your career the best. You want to give it the best opportunity and stuff like that. But also, there's just there's just like no point really unless you're like in the a good enough mind frame to be able to do it. There's just unfortunately, sport doesn't lend you to be in a mind frame where you're um, not enjoying it because unfortunately, it, it's just it's just too hard lines in terms of performance and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, and you're also doing a disservice to the people around you, teammates. Um, and not only that, yeah, obviously your family as well because you're stressing out so much. So, yeah, it is. I've got a lot better at it, and I really, I really appreciate the opportunities that cricket's given me in terms of travel. And I really think it's an amazing thing. Obviously, being the fact that it's given me an incredible life, um, it's given me so many great opportunities to be um, what I wanted to do in sport. But also, yeah, you sort of have to understand that not everyone finds it as enjoyable as what it can be. Sometimes it can be also like any job. I think can be quite miserable sometimes. So. That's fantastic, mate, for sharing that. Uh, was there a moment or a person that sort of 
set you on the on the right course, so to speak? Yeah, my partner was so good at that. She was awesome. Um, I've been to, me and her have been together for nearly thirteen years. Yeah, now, come on, so. name please. Yeah. Come on, come on, Weathers. Come on. We've got to give you. And oh, I was going to give a mention so. of you getting married soon, and I'll, that was coming to yeah, that. So yeah. come on, name please. Yeah, so that's Rachel. Yep. My name is Rachel. Yep. So she. Um, yep. We've been together since school. Um, I knew it was a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. So we've been we've been together a long time, but yeah, she's been incredible for me. Um, I would have been in a. I probably would have retired to be fair if I wasn't her. So. Um, I probably would have just given up cricket and sort of just gone on a more of a uh, under the radar sort of job, or probably try to make sure my life was a bit more less hectic. So, um, thankfully, thankfully for her, she sort of was big on making sure that I did what I loved, and I do love playing cricket. So, um, so yeah, she's been awesome. She was probably the person that sort of um, made sure that while I was in bad places, she was the the, the constant no matter what. Yeah, no, that's great and very important. I'm trying to remember, and is it? Italy, getting I'm trying to remember where you're getting married, and of course you've got the big fella in uh, Harry Conway on memory. Is that correct, Weathers? Test my memory. Yeah, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a uh, he's a uh, celebrant. So um, we're <laughs> that could be entertaining. Wow. Yeah, so we're getting married, going over to Italy next year in April. So um, we're pretty excited for that. It's only about forty of us going over. Um, if obviously the weather rules, there's so many of them, it was going to be impossible to invite everyone. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, we sort of said, oh, we'll go over to Italy and sort of avoid the fact that everyone's going to have to be, um, not they're not going to want to come either. But at the same time, like, I didn't want to put any pressure on them to, you know, want to come all the way to Italy, especially with all the families and stuff like that. So we just thought... Yeah, there is um, 8 million weather odds. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, there is tons of them. So we just sort of, I sort of said, we'll avoid all that. We had like an engagement party where a few people, like a, most of my family came, which was great. So, um, yeah, I was happy. And so deciding to go to Tasmania, Jake, just go through that, mate. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a strange one to be fair. I remember just sitting there with my partner, and um, she's like, "Oh, have you ever reached out to any other states to potentially do a bit of a move and try something a bit different?" Um, and yeah, I, I, I we messaged um, the coach, Chef Vaughan, obviously knowing him. Yep. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll be really, we'd be really keen." Um, so it was more, it wasn't to do with the fact that I didn't like Saka or anything. It was just an opportunity to do something a bit different. Um, I'd been at Saka for a long time and I felt as though the, I felt as though that there might be an opportunity to grow under um, the playing group there in Tassie. They're obviously going quite well and quite a strong organisation at the moment. So it's been a move that I probably felt as though it was just an opportunity to learn. And I, I just felt as though I needed to do something a bit different. So I was quite happy with the move in terms of what it's brought me. Um, and it's brought us new challenges obviously struggling to get a game because they're winning everything. and yeah. um, So it's been really good in terms of that, but it's I think it's just a new challenge, which I'm really excited for. Now, we've got to back up a little bit here and uh, talk about that uh, your Matador Cup form earned you a contract for the Adelaide Strikers. Yeah, good point, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was a bit of a, a shell shock, really. I was I barely played any T20 cricket, so... And T20 cricket was sort of just coming through in, domestic, in, uh, in, the, club, in the club land, so... I hadn't really played much, so when I went and did all my, had done well on my white ball stuff in terms of red ball, uh, the fifty over stuff, I sort of jumped into a um, a T twenty side. And I was absolutely useless, to be fair. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I was slogging everything, um, and yeah, so I sort of learned on the fly a little bit, and then uh, yeah, it sort of took me a couple of years or a year and a bit to sort of blossom into the player I probably wanted to be. And then um, once I sort of understood my game a bit better. Um, yeah, cricket beat like it was awesome. I really enjoyed the T20, a bit of a break away from Red Bull cricket and 50 over cricket and just a bit more of a, like the entertainment sort of part of it all, um, which is, you know, quite cool as a cricketer, I think. Yeah, I think you really relate well with the crowd on the boundary and that sort of stuff. You 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 take that. I think that's something you really embrace, which probably some players yeah, yeah. do a bit under sufferance, where I think it's something where you really enjoy doing and you can you can see that. You know, I, yeah. I have sat with Mick at, uh, I reckon it was a New Year's Eve game, just wandered in and ran into Mick and uh, and I think it was Lucy, I reckon, who was quite excited that she was sitting uh, um, uh, sitting sitting with me me to watch you and, yeah, so that was quite funny. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a cool thing, you know, you don't, you know, it's like, you know, your idols are, you know, like my, to say my, my idols aren't always cricketers but they're like you know musicians or people that have entertained and stuff like that and they're things that 
you know, they're not, you know, it's not a, a vanity sort of thing. It's more of like a thing that you might want to inspire people to do things that you've done or, you know, want to be a part of their lives in some way. And um, I think it's a great opportunity to do that. And the strikers obviously having a little bit of success there in, uh, what was it, seventeen eighteen. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was a, it was a great thing. Yeah, um, it was one of those things where we just, yeah, we played amazingly that year, and then, um, and yeah, it's been, it was a big thing for South Australia as well to finally, you know, get that monkey off our back a little bit in terms of some silverware, apart from the one day stuff that happened a bit earlier. Um, but yeah, it was great. I thought it was awesome for the state. Brilliant. One thing about the Big Bash, and I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a traditional cricket nut. And, South Australia win the Shield, which unfortunately doesn't you, happen very often. You'll go missing for, yeah, for a week. Yeah, I, I sort of disappear for a week <laughs> or two, and and uh, and that when that with the one day final, the twenty twenty final, and you made a hundred in the final, two weathers. So there was certainly a yep. a lot of uh, celebration amongst the fact that you smashed them that game and that. Um, yep. But after we'd won, I was sitting with Mark Robinson, and it was. Uh, Okay, see you, mate. Catch you in the week. And yeah, yeah. where, for me, South Australia to win something um, is huge, and yet, for me, the strikers in that way, just because it's a 2020, it's a franchise and not your state bit. And as we know, yeah, I think yeah. there were two or three players who actually left within 24 hours of winning of us winning. I think it was Colin Ingram, I reckon Benny Lachlan, and... Someone else, I reckon, on, on memory. So that was a little bit different as well for you as players. Yeah, it is, yeah. How, what's your thoughts there, Jake? I'm, you yeah, know where I'm coming is, from. Such, yeah, cricket's a straight sport like that. You know, it's so different to footy and basically every other sport in the world where soccer's probably a little bit similar where you can play for multiple different teams and you can move and play different tournaments and stuff. But um, in terms of cricket, it's just so, there's just so much cricket nowadays that you're playing back-to-back and then yeah. you... There's, if you're in the overseas, you're moving off, and there's just so much going on that, like I play a shield game five days later. So yeah, and so like in the preparation, you have different coaches. I remember Jamie calling me saying like, "Mate, you better be ready to go tomorrow for training," and that was a day after my the win. So we sort of like, yeah. it's sort of like you're constantly thinking about the next thing. So I remember it's, it's a good example with the obviously the World Cup for the boys just won recently. Yeah. like well, we haven't found Travis yet. Well. Yeah. Yeah. and they've got to play a T20 yeah. game not long later. So the celebration part of it, it's more of a money-making thing and a more of a, um, not saying that going to make Shulkri is money-making, but it's sort of along the preface where everyone's, unfortunately, the, you know, the, the train all pre-season, play all year, then finish and then celebrate. That, that stuff sort of slowly eking away or not happening as much anymore in cricket. Yeah, and, uh, I, and I hate that. I, I've got to, you know... Yeah, yeah. You, you know me as a traditionalist, and you know I just think it's very rare that you win something, and it should be you can't celebrate. Done, it. Well, it should be done appropriately, not uh, well. And like, it, let's be honest, Australia win the World Cup. It's meant to be the World yeah. Cup, the pinnacle, and we're playing a bloody twenty twenty game two days later, and you know it's ridiculous. It's just yeah, money. No, it is. It is it's yeah. just money. It's money hungry. It's not money making. It's yeah, money yeah. hungry. Is probably. You know, I can probably say that a bit easier than you, Jake. And as we know, cricket can be funny in that regard of who says what. But yeah, I just, I just think we've lost the the game has lost the plot to some extent. Yeah, yeah, that's a way of putting yeah, it. The movement and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Now we've we've been talking about your uh, team success, uh, some individual success, uh, winning the 2017 Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year award. Yeah, that's, it's been a little bit. I don't like talking about my individual success because, yeah, but like, yeah, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed some success, which has been good. It's always a good thing to go and play, um, to play sport. You play in a team sport, but you know, if to be an important part of the cog um, is an awesome thing as well too. So you sort of have to. There are times where throughout my career that I've done things that I've been very proud of myself and uh, helping my team win games, which is the great thing about sport being a part of that. Um, you know, it's all good to win games but if you're not doing anything in those winning teams sometimes it's a bit hard to um to keep your head up but yeah to be a part of some um some great wins and some part of great games and having good individual performances has been pretty cool so absolutely so yeah there's been a lot of, there's been a few individual things i'm very proud of but at the same time like as i said like being a part of this tasmanian side of i'm not even a part of the team but being a part of a, a squad that's been successful over the last 
um, you know, four or five months or last four months has been pretty cool as well. Um, something they probably didn't get as much when I was at um, at the Redback, so which is so it's been cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, so looking at things to the future, weathers, what's what's up in the up in the world for Jake off off field in terms of for the future in general? Because it's obviously something you you know you've now got the balance where you admit, hey, you know, I've got to take time off here and that. So what's what's the yep. thoughts overall for the future there, Jake? Yeah, I think I'm in a good position to play for another five or six years, hopefully. So I'm hopefully trying to do that, which is the goal. Obviously, kick into late in your 30s. I think my, I probably invested myself a lot more in terms of my body and stuff like that, in terms of and obviously my mind. So, and after that, I'm probably I'm not too sure to be absolutely fair with you, but um, I'll probably try to figure out ways of probably staying cricket a little bit, but also trying to do something a little bit different as well to. Um, what where that takes me, I'm not too sure. But yeah, I, um, I admit I, that yeah. does fascinate me a bit with you, Jake. So there might have been I was trying to say, wondering which way that would go because you are you're a thoughtful person. You know, I wondered if like conservation and you know anything like that, which is sort of a Jake Weatherall personality part, where that's involved. Possibly, who knows? You know. Yeah, yeah, probably there are probably elements of that in there. Um, there are probably elements of like political stuff I probably get into a little bit as well too, but at the same time I'm not I'm not um, I'm not overly sure right now. But um, yep. I'm certainly investing in times. I'm trying to figure out things. Definitely, I definitely understand that there's there's a lot more to life than just playing sports. So, yep. um, and I'd be love to be a part of society outside of sport. Um, so yeah, wherever that takes me, I'm sure it'll be I'll find something that I'm passionate about, um, and then yeah, take that on. There might be a couple of, uh, hopefully, a couple of little weather rules running around as well in the future. So, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there will be. Yeah. Now, mate, did you get an opportunity to um, uh, converse with the Australian team at some stage during your career? Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, I've been very lucky that I've been able to play with a lot of the Australian players, but also be able to have some training sessions. I was up at the NPS or the National Performance Centre for six months. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I was up there for six months, so spending time at a train with a lot of the Australian players there. Um, got to travel to India, you know, train over there with the MRF and Glen McGrath and stuff like that. And I was been very fortunate to train with some amazing cricketers um, and some, obviously, like some proper superstars, um, which is, you know, which has probably been the coolest part of my career so far, I think. The thing that I probably will, I'll probably, when I'm, the thing I probably only tell my kids about my career is the fact that I get to play with some of these guys. Um, which has been yeah. So, but yeah, the Australian team is is obviously the thing that you, you when you go and train with them. It's so that you just you know that's all you've thought about as a kid. So, been lucky enough to train with them a few times, which has been good. So, part of one of the most famous catches in cricket history, I reckon you'd be able to tell tell future weather odds about as well, mate. Yeah, exactly right. I'll definitely throw that in there. The world's greatest catch. Yes. Thank courtesy of Ben Lockwood. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, no, we, you you played your part. You you caught the flip back. Yeah, that, yeah, and no, I did a little bit, I guess. So, you did, yeah. the, you did the important part. Bugger what Benny did, yeah. Oh, gee, yeah, geez, no, exactly that was, right. geez, that was a fair catch, though, wasn't it? Yes, yes. we might have to hunt that one down and put it oh, on our socials. It is pretty for sure. It is pretty specky. Absolutely, it's, I think it was probably the yeah, yeah. highlight of the big bash, big bash for um, mm-hmm. telecast there for a while. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Back for the strikers again, uh, Jake. Probably a little bit up in the air where you where you hopefully bat. Will we yep. hopefully see you at the top, and hopefully see you see you and uh, well, Alex probably won't. Alex will hopefully be the Australian side. Who knows after the, the ridiculous World Cup selection, um, yeah, and that. But uh, hopefully, if you're batting with Alex, we don't see some more Wood, uh, Graham Wood, Rick Darling running between the wickets between the two of you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not too sure what's going to happen this year. It's been a We've got a few different recruits, so I'm happy to jump yeah. down into the middle order as well. Whatever I'm, I'm sort of like I like to think they're pretty versatile in my role. Um, so yeah, I'm over in Perth now, just sort of honing my skills and getting ready. Um, obviously, with all the boys playing red ball cricket, still or me not being a part of that squad, so I'm a bit. Um, I'm just coming over here to get ready for whatever happens in the future. Um, so who's uh, your batting coach over there. there at the moment with you, uh, Jack? Um, I've got a guy called Tom Scully. We're um, we're okay. about to get some balls now, actually. So we're. Yep. Uh, we're just uh, yeah getting ready. He's one of the guys he does think called cricket mentoring over in Perth. So we've um, he's really good mates with a guy called Chris Rogers. Um, yep. 
who I'm very close mates with, a coach of Victoria, and yep. I did a lot of work with, and and then so they have very similar theories. So I sort of we're all very close mates. So we I just come across here and spend a few days over here training and getting ready, and um, sort of gets me away from um, Tassie, which the weather's been a bit miserable the last few days. So well, it's happy. terrible over here today, mate. Yeah, Adel- it was, Adelaide's it was not much incredible. better. It's not often yeah, that, 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 that yeah, I was uh, in Adelaide for about an hour last night. It was shocking. Oh, he bucketed down. Bucket being the operative yeah. word, and. Talking of the strikers too, there is a bit of a amusing thing where uh, David Payne from England, last week's guest, uh, was David Payne, the Nord, ex-Nord yes. footballer Weathers. So Payne's uh, pretty keen to uh, throw the word around that he's been signed by the strikers as well. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's playing that line today, Payne. So, yes. Very good, sir. So. Look, Jake, all the best for the future. Obviously, you, you desperately hope you get back in the Tasmanian Shield side. I think you took your... Shocking decision in Adelaide here in South Australia, that was. So they're at the Shield game, uh, sat yep. with Jake's mum for a fair while. Uh, Jake got given out caught behind. I reckon, say, that was 3.40. I reckon the, uh, Jake's mum drove out of the car park at 3.41. And <laughs> I came over and sat with Jake afterwards because I went and asked where's Agar. I said, Geez, did Jake hit that? He said, he's nowhere near it, Malcolm. And, um, yeah, so then we had a chat there. So you're bloody unlucky because you were hitting him all right then. So yeah, hope, was, yeah. hopefully there's some runs to come for the, for Tasmania, get in the shield side, and uh, good luck in the Big Bash. And I'm sure I'll catch up with you at some stage at uh, Adelaide Oval during the Big Bash and, and that weathers. And uh, we greatly appreciate wait. you giving up your time over in WA today, mate. No worries at all. I appreciate Thank- having me, guys. Thanks, Weathers. Uh, fantastic to have you on today. Thanks, mate. Greatly appreciated, Jake. Touch base soon. Thanks, mate. See you guys. Cheers. Bye. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy days. Okay, Phil, this is my my part of the podcast where we have a little bit of fun. I do a bit of research in my uh, spare time um, and come up with some unusual statistics. Um, we call it happy days um, because generally we're celebrating and on this occasion we're celebrating the birthday of Nick Murray this week. Uh, joined the Crows list via the AFL preseason supplementary list uh, or selection period uh, and is now on the rookie list. Had a pretty good year in 2023. Obviously getting injured, but coming from the Greater Western Sydney Reserves competition. Yeah, good player. Um, another one of those that showing uh, looks like he's going to be okay. Yep. So they've got to hold on to him again. And um, yeah, well, I mean, so- signing again, that's what they want. So um, Losing yeah. Duday, he now becomes probably a little bit more critical to their backline. Exactly. Duday, a rate Duday. Um, I know he hurt the knee, but um, he'll come back okay. He'll be... Andy for Brisbane, but yeah, Murray's going to be a key key for them now, so um, they're going to hang on to him. Absolutely, rupturing his uh, ACL uh, in round 19, so they are going to miss him for a good period of 2024, but I think the Crows are building quite nicely to, to a pretty good future, and I see him being a little bit like that Daniel Talia, Ben Rutten style backman, will be very, very important to them. Absolutely, um, they don't grow on trees, do they? They, they don't. Key sort of. Bigger, bigger lads, and um, so yeah, he's going to be he's going to be good for them. Absolutely. All right, mate. We move on to cricket. Eighteen ninety two. You were around for this one, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Rick played it. He did. Uh, you're right. Actually, we, we might get Rick on the line. Um, the commencement of the first Sheffield Shield game between South Australia and New South Wales was in eighteen ninety two. This week. Wow. There you go. I had to dig very, very deep. Oh, you did. <laughs> I think Rick Rick, Rick might uh, enjoy this little statistic. Uh, obviously, Malcolm, very passionate about the Sheffield Shield, as is Rick as well. Yep. Um, thought I'd chuck that one in there. Okay. South Australia there not go, doing mate. so well at the moment in the uh, in the Shield. They do they are on a bit of hiatus at the moment because of the Test Cricket and the BBL and all that kind of yeah, jazz that goes right. on. Didn't get off to a good start in the first half of the season and we'll be looking for a big improvement in the second half of the season. Absolutely. All right, mate, uh, we move on. Tennis, Arthur Ashe in your wheelhouse as well as mine. <laughs> Arthur Ashe names Illustrated Sports Person of the Year in 1992. Yeah, what a player, you know. Um, first American Negro, I think, to correct you know, a lot of these yep. big you know, Grand Slams. And, yeah, I mean, you can't 
can't argue with that, can you? No. Uh, yeah. Just happened to be flipping channels the other the other day. Uh, SBS have got a bit of a special going on at the moment called the Gods of Tennis. They're talking about. Um, uh, Bjorn Borg and McEnroe, yep. Arthur Ashe, Billie Jean King, Martina Navratilova, um, 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 Chris Evert, yep. um, and especially yep. the rivalries Jimmy that Jimmy Connors. Oh. They, it's a three-part series, I believe. Um, the first part of the series was actually about Arthur Ashe and how uh, Arthur Ashe and Billie Jean King were changing tennis or trying to change tennis for the better, and and Arthur Ashe, one of those absolute gun players, and you don't actually realise what he achieved until you actually sit back and look at his record. Yeah, exactly right, and and that's when tennis was tennis. I mean, I'm sorry, Pete, but I, you know, I've done ten opens in a row, Australian yep. Opens, and uh, it's just not the same now. Yep. And now Curios has pulled out this year. Yes. Um, love him or hate him, yep. he is a real entertainer, yep. and he is just unbelievable. His tennis ability is. Phenomenal, and it's a boring sport now. Pete. Yes, we got a couple of play, players sort of dominating it. We yeah. haven't got the rivalry of Nadal and Federer, no. or Federer and Djokovic, or, or or Nadal and Djokovic. It's just something missing. And you're yeah. right; they do need those entertainment factors, yep. and it has become a, a little bit sanitized. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. But, um, anyway, we move on. Yep. Uh, this week in 2015, Irishman Conor McGregor. Locks out Brazil's jo- Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. 13 seconds. And it would have been a pretty fair payday as well to win his first featherweight title in Las Vegas. I reckon I'd go there for 13 seconds and cop a couple and hit the deck. Walk away with a couple of million? Yeah, yeah I reckon that's not too bad. But wow. controversial Conor McGregor, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what can you say? He was uh, at the peak of his time. 13 seconds is pretty good. Sure. Absolutely. And to round us out, mate, uh, 1985 Australian cricketer David Boone, first Test century, 123 versus India at Adelaide Oval. Unbelievable, wasn't he, Boone? I mean, 48 cans to England or something like yes. that. I think that's his biggest we, record. We've had him on for the last couple of weeks as part of this segment in okay. a couple of records that he's sort of set, and it always comes up the trip <laughs> to uh, to England, setting records left, right, and centre. But yeah, he was. I mean, he was phenomenal, and not the. World's best athlete. Like, he's always carrying a couple pounds. I, I think that's why I probably resonate with him <laughs> quite a lot. Is that, you know, oh, yeah, I've lost a little bit of weight recently, but, uh, you know, I was carrying a few extra pounds and always batting above my weight, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, mate, let's scoot into the extra time. Big finish. Yep. Extra time. Big finish. Right, to kick us off today, we've got the baseball, mate, uh, the Adelaide Giants. Uh, their game against the Melbourne Aces uh, was washed out due to 35 millimetres of rain last weekend. Um, yeah, you needed a boat just to uh, step outside the front door at one stage there. Uh, round five games were coming up uh, against the Canberra Cavalry this weekend. It started on Thursday. They did score last night, not last night, the night before, 27 runs to nine. Really? Yes, really. I wasn't aware of that, Pete, but that's unbelievable. You can sit there and watch that and they only get three or four you know, runs. And uh, uh, I think from memory, I, I need to double, triple check this uh, because I did write it down last minute quickly, uh, an ABL record. So the Adelaide Giants are setting records left, right and centre here at the moment. Uh, first couple of games with the number of runs they were ahead, I think they had a run difference of 43 oh, okay. run wow. different in the first uh, two rounds. Um, and now they've hit 27 in one game. Uh, they did give up nine. Uh, you, you know, yeah, well, that, nine's that, a winning score. That, that's an AFLW, that's an AFLW score or an NRL yeah, score. Exactly. Crazy, yeah, yeah. crazy, crazy. Uh, they did, I believe go down five, four last night. Uh, but obviously they play a couple of games today on Saturday. So we'll see how they go. Yeah. Sitting top of the table relatively comfortably at the moment. We have talked that uh, they don't want to be dropping too many games because there are a couple of teams that will sort yep. of breathe down their neck a little bit. But I think they're well in hand and got some very, very good players. Very good. All right, we move on to the basketball. Now, I did say we were going to make some um, weird sort of comments about some unusual things happening, and the basketball definitely happened. The Cairns, Taipans and Sydney Kings were involved in a bizarre game where both coaches agreed to no shot clock. 
This wow. happened because there was a little bit of a storm that had happened, a little bit like Adelaide here, in that the uh, power had gone out. Oh, yep. Uh, yep. Something had gone wrong with the scoreboard and the shot clocks. So both coaches agreed to allow the game to go ahead, but no shot clocks were actually enforced. Bizarre. That is unreal. Yeah. I mean, don't the coaches have a lot to say on the sideline to the umpires or the refs or whatever they yes. call it's unbelievable. That would do my head in if I was trying to umpire that game. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's sitting right on them, you know. Yes, and and, um, the, and there's always words being exchanged oh, or questions being asked. We, we no shot clocks. No shot I clocks. I wasn't even aware of that. No, um, I think it was for the second half of that game. So players took it in stride, yep. pretty much all did the right thing, um, kept it pretty reasonable and the crowd that was already there didn't want to see another no, abandoned exactly game right. so a bit of a weird one yeah. for us there and then the second weirdest thing that happened in basketball was in America the San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich halted an NBA game shut down his own team's fans for jeering one of their former champions never seen that ever before <laughs> in my life wow actually gets go. on a microphone the announce, and, announces yeah, yeah. microphone and says, hey, 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 stop booing and jeering this player. You show him some more respect in the middle really? of a in the middle of a game. Well, it can only happen in America, can't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> so basketball has seen oh. a couple of really weird things in the last week or so that has left me scratching my head, and I thought we'd bring it into wow. our extra time. Big finish today to, to talk about. Couple of interesting points there. Absolutely. All right, we move on to the uh, NRL. Michael Maguire has agreed to a multi-year deal. Name the New South Wales Blues coach. Good luck to him. You know, I mean, personally, I'm a bit of a Brisbane fan. I, whenever it comes state of origin yep. time, I'm probably a little bit more on yeah, the Queensland bandwagon. Yeah, I probably am too. They yeah. needed to do something, and they've appointed a new coach. So good luck to them. Yep, You're right. And absolutely. Nathan Cleary. Uh, Currently involved with a soccer room, Mary um, Fowler. Fowler, and um, was asked a few questions and just move along. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, there you go. High-profile yep. high couples got to expect the questions <laughs> are going to come. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that, that's why you're out there, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we move on to tennis, mate. Sam Stozer announced uh, her return to tennis as Australia's Billie Jean Cup captain after a year out of the sport. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, I know Sam a little bit. Um, lucky enough, uh, tournament in Newry. She used to be, she obviously, Miss Nobody back then. Yep. You know, 600 in the world. Yep. Used to stay at my mate's house in Tanunda. Yes. And uh, got to talk to her a couple of times over in the open. So, lovely girl. Yep. Um, I think she'll be fine for that job. Alicia Mollick, obviously. Uh, yeah. Another South Australian player that was... Uh, Heading up the Billie Jean King has come back and is now going to be the tournament director yep. at the Adelaide International. Yeah, saw that. Uh, absolutely fantastic for her. And uh, Sam Stozer, I think, will fit in quite shouldn't, seamlessly. Shouldn't be a problem. Absolutely. Yep. Novak Djokovic wishes that he had the Federer-Nadal friendship. Um, what, do we, what do we make of that? I oh. mean, does that probably explain where Djokovic is probably held? Is that... Sort of a weirder cat, isn't he? He's out there a bit. Um, can be uh, live on the edge. Yep. What would you say, Pete? Whereas Absolutely. Federer and Nadal, I just go went about their tennis, just fantastic, seamlessly at times. Oh. Yes, they had this great rivalry. Yep. Maybe some thought it was a bigger rivalry as far as they didn't like each other as as much in the early days, but wasn't the case. They're actually. Yeah. Quite quite close and quite friendly, and even to the point where you know their academies that they opened up, that the other one was there supporting them as part of the event, and yep. you just look at that and go, you can't yeah. you can't buy friendship like that, can no, you? No, you can't, you can't. And Djokovic is just probably out there a little bit more, probably yeah, yeah a bit harder to take at times, I think, Pete. Absolutely, um, but you know he's good for tennis. Let's face it, he's good for tennis. So. Agreed. Yep. And to finish us off on the tennis, mate, the rivalry which we did talk about a little bit earlier with Martina Navratilova and Chris Evert, uh, their friendship was uh, again shown that uh, Chris Evert was diagnosed a little bit earlier this week with an illness. Martina, one of the first people to get on the front foot and go visit her. Well, Martina's struggling with her own. Uh, she had a touch of cancer going back yep. uh, 12 months ago. So um, fantastic, though. I mean, Chris Evert was one of my favourites. Yep. Pretty little blonde. and Yeah, um, mine too. My word, she could play some tennis. But Martina, she was just another... Another level? Just, yeah, 
that strength. I think she's one of those real strong, first strong players. Yep. You know. Um, oh, that's great. You know, to reach out to her in, in a time of need. Absolutely, and like we said a bit earlier, the. Uh, uh, series on SBS was sort of highlighting that, that you know they did have that competitive streak, but oh, they were quite absolutely. friendly as well, and a yep. bit, bit like yep. Nadal and uh, and Federer as well. Yep. So, and to finish us off on the SNFL, the Port Adelaide Football Club are mourning one of their greatest ever figures, eight-time Premiership player and life member Neville Chicken Hayes, passed yep. away at eighty-eight years of age. Unreal. Um, yeah, probably before my time, I can't really recall back then. I probably did watch him play, but. Um, I mean, obviously a legend of the club. Yep. Uh, eight premierships. So there's a few of them around. Absolutely. Timmy Jennifer's seven or something, yeah. isn't it? And, yep. Uh, there's a few around, but I mean, it's always sad, but 88's not a bad knock, is it? So uh, Take um, that innings any yeah, day. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. We uh, wish his family the, the, the best. And um, obviously the Port Adelaide faithful will remember him, obviously, at the start of the 2024 yeah, season, which Black Port are very, very good at doing. All right, mate, uh, Phil, we finish off each week. We just have a little bit of fun where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly for the uh, for the week in sport. Is there a good moment that you can remember? Wow, you put me on the spot here. Absolutely, too. mate. Um, well, it's obviously Warner. Yep. I think that's that would have to be my my good. Yep. Um, you know, to see him step up. You know, I mean, he could have – I think he did – Put a chance, gave him a chance, didn't he? Early, yep. but um, he got away with it and went on with his innings. So there's my good. Yep. And you're bad for the week, man. Ooh, hey, now we've got another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I'm going to stick cricket, and I thought probably Travis Head the way he got out. I think he tends to give his wicket away. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I was a bit disappointed. I like to see him go, go on. on with it. I love the way he plays. He's very fast and. You know, entertaining. Yep. But um, I think at times he just gives it away a little bit too easy. Oh, fair call. And you're ugly for the week? Probably me, being on your radio <laughs> show for the first mate, time. don't Brett. say that, mate. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> My good for the week is probably the baseball, the Adelaide Giants, 27 oh, runs. Yeah. Unbelievable. What a score. Um, batting, obviously, very, very deep there. Uh, My bad for the week has probably been the media around. Davey Warner in that, you know, we... I was sort of a bit like you before the series. Oh, do we give him a chance? Don't we? He then goes out and performs, and yet the media are still looking for angles to to sort of bring that down a little bit. So for me, it's probably the cricket media a little bit. And my ugly for the week, I'm going to stick with cricket as well. Is probably the pitch that got um, you know was quite dangerous down mm. in Geelong there yep. that didn't get a game uh, started as well. So that's probably my ugly, especially with the technology that we've got around these oh, days. Absolutely. You probably would have thought that yep. uh, they might have done a little bit better there. But anyway, that's how it is, and that's what happens in sport. It does change. So, Phil. Thank you very much for joining us today. Absolute it's been an pleasure. Abs- absolute pleasure yep. to have you and uh, hear your thoughts. It's good to hear a different voice as well <laughs> every now and then. Um, but obviously, mad Port fan. Absolutely. You've got your podcast up in the Barossa. Give it a little bit of a plug. Oh, it's just at Call of Broadcasting, uh, Rick and Phil's. Yep, that's it. So um, we have a bit of fun doing it and it's not quite as professional no, as this right. here. We're hoping to get together with yeah, a little bit of a network and get you guys on and um, yep. and promote you guys as part of our network as well. So thanks for joining Happy us today, to do mate. It. All thanks, right, Pete. Thanks, mate. As usual, we promise to do better next week. <laughs> Malcolm's back. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.